Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. My name is Eric Thomas, and I am the host of the show. And this podcast is powered by Rival Digital, which is a full-service digital marketing agency for HVAC contractors. What's going on, everybody? Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Service World Expo 2021. It's coming up from September the 21st through the 24th in Louisville, Kentucky, and you guys are not going to want to miss this conference. It is going to be the conference of the year. Trust me, there's going to be over 2,000 contractors there. There's going to be dozens and dozens of partners and other vendors there. There's going to be breakout sessions, workshops, and some special keynote speeches, and you're going to walk away with the knowledge and the insight that you need to grow your business in 2022. So if you want to learn more, head over to serviceworldexpo.com and register today. I'll see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas. I'm the host of the show, and we are back again already. Uh, For those of you who tune in to us live, we were just live about an hour and a half ago. Uh, so this is actually a, a good day for us here. We're recording two podcasts in one day, uh, and it's not just two guests that we get today. We actually get three total guests because we're, today in this episode, we're joined by Drew and Josh from Mountaineer Heating and Cooling, and we're super excited to have both of them on here. We're going to be able to get into the weeds a little bit more about operations and marketing uh, and everything in between. So Drew, Joshua, thank you all for joining me. Oh, Eric, thank you. It's our pleasure to be with you. and. Thanks for your time and and doing this great podcast. Yeah, awesome. So um, let's just go ahead and do some introductions for our listeners out there. Uh, Drew, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, for sure. My name is Drew Petrie. I uh, from uh, the great state of North Carolina. Grew up in Boone, North Carolina, where we're located. Uh, in, in the terms of uh, the HVAC industry, um, I grew up in the industry. My dad started our company back in 1981, so this is our 40th year in business and um, never thought as a uh, as a child and into my high school years that I would follow in my dad's footsteps and go into the business, into the industry. Uh, worked for him some growing up and, and did a lot of install work and so forth. But um, after I got married, uh, decided to give it a try. And, and I've now been with the company going on uh, 20 years. Uh, started as a service tech, kind of worked my way up through the business uh, learning the ropes as I went. I've, I've done sales. I've done um, office management. I've done service management. I've done service tech work. I've installed um, and, and finally landed as the uh, general manager of our company uh, about four or five years ago and uh, have been trucking uh, there ever since. So I, uh, I'm married. I've got five kids. My oldest is 16 and my youngest is two. So uh, between running a business and um, uh, my family, I stay pretty busy. You got two two full time jobs. That's exactly right. That's exactly. Uh, right. So the the oldest, uh, he's got a couple more years until he uh, signs up to be a service tech. It sounds and like that's, that's exactly right. I'm I'm trying to plant that seed in all my kids. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a great plan for him, definitely. So uh, I, Joshua, I'm a, big, uh, I'm a big believer in the trades, Eric. So yeah. Uh, Whenever we can preach that message, I'm I'm happy to do it. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll dive into that here in just a second. Talk a little bit more about family and, and the family run business. Um, but first, Joshua, um, go ahead and introduce yourself as well and tell the listeners uh, about what you do for the company. Yeah. So actually, by funny thing is by trade, I'm actually a social worker. I actually worked at our local hospital for a little over eight years wow. until this past February when I was recruited into the business for just administration. So I do, I have several hats, HR, marketing, branding, um, controller, office operations. I kind of do all of that. Yeah. So I've been here a couple of months, fairly new to the trade, but I find that I really love being in the trades. Yeah. It's kind of something new all the time. But speaking of the family business, I married into the family, um, the daughter of Winston, the owner, his sister, Molly, is my wife. Oh, cool. We just, that's awesome. Yeah. And we added a new family member in January. Awesome. First child was born, Hazel. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So both of you got two full time jobs. And for Joshua, it sounds like you have eight full time jobs with all those hats you're wearing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some days it feels like it. Yeah. So, Joshua, how do you pivot, you know, all day from going to, from HR to accounting to marketing to operations or whatever it may be? Um, rarely do I have to wear more than two hats at a time, except for this past Friday. I think I wore almost all of them, but you pretty much just pick what's most urgent and do that. Yeah. Awesome. Canva really helps kind of plan ahead with a lot of that social media stuff too. So I don't have to be constantly on with that regard. Oh yeah. I'm a huge fan of, uh, scheduling social media content just to sit down for a couple hours to get it all knocked out for like a month. And then, oh, yeah. then you can just sit back and reply to comments and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. So I'd love to talk about, about the family business stuff. This is something that I'm just, I'm really passionate of learning more stories about family businesses. Uh, we actually had two uh, recently who were also in the similar boat where it was a very long, uh, long generational type of business uh, where they were in their third, fourth generation. And it just really intrigues me to hear the stories of um, generation after generation and passing it down. And then the plans for the future uh, when it comes to that next generation. So um, Drew, just tell me a little bit more about what that was like when you were a kid coming up into the trades and then now all the way up to being the GM. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, Eric. So uh, back in, in 1981, um, my mom and dad had, uh, had just had myself and my twin brother. Um, and my dad was kind of looking for a, a work opportunity, uh, wanting to stay in our area. We're more of a rural type setting. And so um, employment opportunities, especially back in the 80s, were, were somewhat um, limited. And so my dad approached a, a fella he knew uh, who owned a, a local lumber yard and, and um, was looking for employment. And the guy said, well, I don't have any jobs to offer, but I've got an opportunity. And so uh, my dad uh, decided to open Mountaineer Heating and Cooling. Basically, uh, he had worked as a, a plumbing apprentice when he was in, in high school, and uh, he really didn't have any experience with HVAC, um, but uh, decided to give it a, a go. And uh, due to his, honestly, his hard work and, and work ethic, he's built a very successful business uh, over his career. And uh, he recently retired this past year, and so he's now stepped away from the business. But 
I, I remember being as a kid uh, thinking it was really cool uh, when I would go to work with my dad, uh, just all the stuff that we did in the back, building ductwork and working with all the, the tools and uh, just really enjoyed working with him. And I think that that probably planted a seed in me um, to look at the trades for a, a career. I went through a stage um, right after high school. I didn't really want to go to college uh, just just to be completely transparent. I just I didn't feel like it was a good fit for me. Uh, I really wanted to get done with school and just get out to work. And um, so I uh, went through a couple different things. And um, like I said, after I got married, uh, I found that uh, HVAC was a really good fit. Um, never would have guessed it, but I got into it. And uh, I really liked the family atmosphere, working with my family. It can be challenging, but at the end of the day, for us, it works really, really well. We're a very close-knit family, and as long as we draw proper boundaries and know who's in charge of what and kind of let them do what they're in charge of, uh, we've had a very good time doing it. So um, I I just – I'm so grateful uh, to my dad for starting our company. Um, He's worked incredibly hard to build it where it is, and as a second-generation operator and owner – um, I continued. I I I, um, I want to continue that tradition and, and and carry on that business. Yeah. So that's awesome. So you said that he he's built it up to where it is today. Um, what's that look like? So about how big is the company now? Yeah. So we employ uh, fifteen people full time. Uh, that's split ev- evenly among uh, installation technicians and service technicians, and then office staff. Uh, we have a, uh, an office operations manager, which is Joshua's role. He basically oversees everything internal to the office, including our internal branding and external branding. Uh, then we have a field uh, operations manager. His name's Ryan Clare, and um, he oversees all of our uh, outside operations, our installations, our service department, uh, our maintenance program, uh, where, where we have people sign up for maintenance agreements and so forth. And um, with with that team in place, we're really oh, and then we've got uh, our, our full time sales uh, estimator who we send into people's homes to do uh, in home estimates. And uh, with that team in place, I think we're really poised to continue to gain market share in our area. Um, we've we've had a really couple of, of great years, uh, especially coming out of the recession of 2009, 2010. We, we really took a downturn then as did a lot of, of family businesses, honestly, but um, uh, the good Lord has been faithful to us and we're thankful for that. He's provided plenty of work for us to do. And uh, I think our future is really bright. It, it really looks, it, it's, it's an exciting time to be in this industry. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So um, it, you said that you guys are really trying to build up a prominent you know, brand in that market. Uh, how is it? Is it a very saturated market down there, or is it fairly uh, competitive at all? Or that's a, a really good question. And again, we're we're a more rural area, so we're, we're not the biggest city to us would probably be Charlotte, which is a couple hours away. Um, you know, I think the uh, population within our city limits is only like twenty thousand people. Now we do have Appalachian State University here, which brings in a lot of people. 
Um, but we're a real seasonal market. We've got a lot of second homeowners. We're in the Blue Ridge Mountains mm-hmm. of North Carolina. We're a, uh, a ski destination in the wintertime. Uh, lots to do up here in the summer. Uh, people come from, from downstate to get away from the heat. So there's a lot of second homeowners. So, yes, the, the competition is a little bit stiff. It's, it's more so than it was even 10 years ago. And so that is, is more of what we are trying to do. We're, we're trying to bridge the gap from people thinking of our industry, our business as a contractor and, and more of a, a retailer. We're really trying to focus our brand uh, to be, you know, the company that people think of when their air conditioner breaks or uh, when they have a problem. You know, we want them to, to think about us. So we're really we're really working hard to bring our business out of a contractor mindset and more into a, a mainstream um, day-to-day business, if that makes yeah. sense. Almost like a, uh, a household name is what the exactly. kind of the buzz, the catch phrase that everyone's using uh, is a household name. So, and, right and, and to do that, you got to build, you know, a pretty strong top of mind awareness uh, in the consumer's mind. So, Joshua, I know that you handle the branding and, and the, op- the marketing and all that stuff. So, um, what are some things that you all do uh, internally and externally to really build up that brand awareness in the market? Well, when I originally got here, um, I really saw a need to increase the whole social media presence, and especially presence out in the community because Winston's so well known in this area. Um, people know Mountaineer through Winston. So it's working on getting the Mountaineer brand to be almost just as recognizable as Winston's name. Mm-hmm. And so what we're really working on right now is with our media people effective um, working on search engine optimization. Right now we're working on getting the LLS certification with Google. Um, we're really pushing Google reviews with our customers to get those up um, and really trying to build that front of mind awareness. Like I'm getting all of our um, trucks and vans all wrapped in the same way so that it's not several different wraps that yeah. work. when they see our trucks, they know it is Mountaineer. And then really working on our communication and relationship with the customers that we serve is really where I'm trying to focus a lot of our brand, not just top of or front of mind. So really working on how we quickly answer the phone, quickly get their calls taken care of, scheduled, dispatched, or transferred to who they need to and really working with Ryan on what are we as Mountaineer like when we're in the home dealing with the customer? How do we finish install jobs and all of that? So we really strive for consistency, Eric. Right. I, I think Joshua would agree with me. Take McDonald's, for instance. The the Big Mac you would get at the McDonald's in Boone, here where we live, you know, ideally should be the same that you get in Phoenix, Arizona. And so mm-hmm. um, that's that's branding. That's a form of branding. We're we're looking for consistency across our whole range of operations, uh, even down to our business cards, um, our stationery, our invoices. We want it all looking the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want our vehicles looking the same, our guys wearing uh, uniforms that are consistent. Um, I think that brings a, in my opinion, it brings a peace of mind and a comfort to uh, the consumer, to homeowners. They know that what they get is going to consistently be of high quality um, and so we're striving to do that across our whole range of operations from every service call to every installation that we do to every product we sell. Uh, we want it to be a consistent effort. 
even to how we answer the phone, we, we want it done the same way every time. Yeah. That's, that's smart. I mean, that's, that's, I, that's the way that I think that a good business should operate for sure. And, and I'll even reference back to a previous episode with, um, with Kyle Gargaro. Uh, and he had touched on a lot of the stuff that, that Joshua was just touching on the things that you're focusing on, you know, making sure the, the website and the van wraps and the business cards and the uniforms are all, you know, kind of the same color, have the same logo, have the same fonts even. Um, mm-hmm. But then also he was mentioning, because we were talking about um, kind of a hot topic right now is a lot of people selling and buying companies, you know, as they say, the industry's graying. Well, some of the, you know, the older generation is starting to sell. Yeah. And I was asking him, I was like, what's the number one tip you would give to someone who wants to sell their business? And he said, like, you don't want the business to be your name. Right. Because the second you sell it or the second the next generation comes along, that generation, that the new wave of consumers, they're not going to know your name. And so mm-hmm. then what's your brand at that point? And so that's where I think that what you all are doing is, is super smart and, and very uh, well thought out to do that. Because, you know, like you said, now that your dad's retired um, and his generation and the generation under that are slowly, they'll still remember the name. Um, mm-hmm. But then the next generation, the, the mid-20s, to 40s area they might not know that because they were growing up when it was true the father's business that's that's really smart and i think that you guys uh are doing a good job there well thank you and 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 one example of that too just to give you an idea of of kind of steps we've we've made we did this several years ago but uh, when my dad started our company uh we were known as mountaineer sheet metal and, uh, you know, back in the early 80s, a lot of sheet metal manufacturers, well, fabricators, if you will, uh, you know, they would do roofing, they would do gutter work, um, they would do custom metal fabrication. And, and so we, we did that. You know, we did a lot of that stuff along with our heating and air conditioning. But it seems like as time went on, uh, a lot of people began to associate sheet metal with things that weren't. HVAC related. And so mm-hmm. uh, we, we really made a big effort to change our name to Mountaineer Heating and Cooling to give people a better idea of what it is we do. And so, you know, I think that's another point I'd make, Eric, to to our listeners today is, you know, you've got to be nimble. You've got to be able to pivot and move to meet what people expect and what people are looking for. And and man, in this in this industry, you know, the fast eat the slow. It's just a uh it's a reality. I mean, the, yeah. the fast will eat the slow. And so we have really tried to be very nimble and very quick to realize trends. Um, Joshua has done an excellent job kind of coming in from outside our industry. He has been able to identify trends and other things that the average person in our in our society are looking for in a service provider. And mm-hmm. he's, he's let us kind of pivot to meet those demands and those those wants, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's helpful not to be an HVAC person to help yeah. market an HVAC. Oh company. yeah. So yeah. So so what are some of those trends that you know that you've picked up on and, and brought into the business? Um, it's more of things like thinking about what we do as a company and how we how we operate our company from you know dispatch to things we send out to how we educate people on our agreements. Um, doing it and wording it in a way that people who are not HVAC would understand it. Mm, Um, I think there was a podcast I listened to the other day from y'all where it was talking about not using HVAC language when you're talking to a customer. 
you know, that technical language and just making sure. So here's an example. So a lot of people will call and ask about filters, how often they should be changed, what causes them to be changed quicker or slower. So we use social media as an opportunity. So every couple of months, I'll post uh, how often do you change your air filter. Yeah. And it kind of gives information about, you know, how often you do it, why, what would contribute to people changing it more often or less often, things like yeah. that. One, one other uh, area that we've really tried to focus on that, that Joshua has helped with is a lot of the younger folks that we and I'm going to I'm going to give you an age. A lot of people from, you know, mid 20s to mid 30s. Uh, texting is really big uh, with them, uh, communicating via chat through your website. And so mm-hmm. we've really tried to focus on giving our customers the opportunity and ability to book a service call through our website. Uh, they can book an installation uh, estimate through our mm-hmm. website, um, paying a bill through text, uh, you know, just any anything that uh, allows us to communicate with them other than actually talking over the phone. And so, you know, I'm, I'm 41. I still would prefer to pick up the phone and call somebody, but Joshua, he's 32. And a lot of, a lot of people, his age, we're, we're using um, our devices to chat more, to text, to message. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've tried to uh, embrace that and instead of kind of shying away from it. Yeah. And that's, um, there's there's a company out there. It's called Hatch uh, that mm-hmm. uh, our company is is uh, a partner with, uh, and that's really their big push is the text first messaging uh, right. over the phone call. Mm-hmm. So like pretty much how their system works is like when someone goes on your website, fills out a form or the chat, instead of a CSR, you know, immediately picking up the phone, the customer gets a text message that says, "Hey, let's get you scheduled." And then the person has the ability then to just text them. And I think that like that is just it's such a simple concept, but it's so effective. Right. Um, Because, you know, people I mean, I I talk on the phone. You know, I think it's quicker and more direct. Um, But there's a lot of people out there who would just rather text because they don't want to put in the effort to talk. Sure. Um, And if you can get the customer scheduled without even having to call them, I mean, you're going to book way more people. And I think that that's given us an advantage in our market, Eric. Um, I think a lot of people look at us and, you know, with, with just 15 employees, we're what I would still consider a, a smaller company, but we, we try to operate like a really big company. And so um, I think that's, that's got its pluses. We, we don't though. And, and I'll, this is a hill that I'll die on. I, I don't want to lose the relationship approach that we've, cultivated for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's sending someone, you know, every install, we, we send a, a written thank you note that I sign as the uh, the owner and GM, you know, I'm, I'm thanking them for their business. We don't want to ever get away from that personal touch. Never. Yeah. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's something that a lot of, a lot of companies forget about too. And they, uh, they start growing and they forget that, you know, they had their humble beginnings at one point as well. Sure. That's and right. even in, in your instance, a company that's been in business for 40 years, that that would probably mean a lot to a homeowner. You know, that probably goes a long way. Uh, to have that I, I think it does. Or, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's so simple and so easy. <laughs> it is. And, uh, yeah, that's that's right. It's just an, an easy way to to make lifetime customers, man. Yeah. All it's right. Really well, just serving people. You know, our people, yeah. people not yeah. the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the service is really, you know, the service is, is what a lot of people pay for. Even, you know, yeah. I could, 
I could call you, I could call Bob, I could call Jim. They could all come install an HVAC unit, but which one of them is going to do the best job and be the nicest and the, you know, the cleanest and right on. Mm-hmm. the best follow-up and the best service is really what wins. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, and that goes all the way back to brand as well. It does. Um, mm-hmm. Like you were saying, um, and I'm referring back to another podcast cause we've just had some, some really good guests lately. Um, Matt Michelle from service nation, he was saying like, you know, you have to wrap your, your trucks, um, and make sure your logo is big on it. You know, it's good to have your, the company or the, the manufacturer that you, you deal, it's good to have mm-hmm. that logo on there, but your brand has a higher, uh, is more valuable in the consumer's eyes than the York logo or the train logo, yeah. because to a consumer, cold air is cold air. Like that's, they don't, that's right on, man. <laughs> they don't care if it's Goodman or Train that, or Linux. That is, that is right on, and it's becoming more that way. It, it really is. Uh, yeah, I, I could not agree. You guys have Matt Michelle on. That's that's really cool. He's he's yeah. a he's a great guy. That episode just launched today. So oh, nice. I'll have yeah. to listen. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good one for sure. And um, if you all listen to the show often, then you know that we uh, do a segment on here on trivia, HVAC trivia. Is this something that you all are ready to tackle? Sure. Hey, do it. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Drew first on this one. It's the same first question we ask every time. In 1902, this person invented the first large scale electrical air conditioning unit. I'm going to go with Willis Carrier. Yes, you are correct on that one. Good job. Right on. All right, Joshua, we are going to ask you a newer question. We're going to go with a heated question on this one. Um, And let's see. All right. This one is actually going to be um, car heating related. So the first car heater was invented this is going to be really tough. If you get this one right, uh-huh. you guys are going to <laughs> we'll have to send you a very, very good present or something. Uh, you'll have to because I'm not HVAC. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it would be a super winner if I got it. All right. Let's see. Maybe Okay. I feel like I shouldn't ask you that tough of a question. That one was really, really tough. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll switch it back to air conditioning. All right. So this type of business was the first to install air conditioning in efforts to bring in more customers. Mm. It's a family fun event that you can go and enjoy uh, this type of entertainment. I would imagine a movie theater. Yep. Right on. All right. Good job, Joshua. Yeah, that one is uh that one's really cool. I, I've been reading a lot about these because I'll, as I'll read them off, I'll go and research it later. And um, that's, mm-hmm. that's how the term summer blockbuster came about. Yep. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. All right. So drew, I'm going to ask you this tough one. All right. All right. So the first car heater was invented in 1893 by a mechanical engineer named who? Oh my heavens. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to hazard a guess that he worked for the Ford Motor Company, but I'm just, I'm guessing, I don't know. This was, uh, it was Margaret Wilcox, and I'm going to, I'm going to Google this real quick and see. It was a woman. It was Margaret Wilcox. Margaret the woman Wilcox. The, How about drop, I'm going to put this link in the, in the chat right now. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool. Uh, well, and it's, it's, um, I'm trying to figure out what, 
where she worked. Yeah. This is interesting. Okay. I, I, I'll leave you guys to read this article, but yeah. this is, this is really cool. There's a really cool story behind this. Um, if you're here on Facebook, I put, just put the link here in the, uh, in the comment section. So you can just click on that and go read it after the show. Right. Um, cool. Don't leave yet. Cause we still have some, a few more things to talk about uh, before we wrap up this episode. Um, so I'd really like to just talk a little bit more about the conversation we were having earlier about branding uh, and about the family business, uh, because I feel like you guys have a lot of really good insight on this. So um, Drew, what is really, I know you said you're planting the seeds now for your kids to come up into the business as well. What does that plan look like? Yeah. So that's, that's a great question, Eric, and, and it's multifaceted, but uh, you know, of course, I want my kids to do what they want to do with their career and with their life. But I also know that um, our community colleges and trade schools are a real uh, underused resource. And uh, so if one of my kids wants to follow in my footsteps and, and eventually take over our company, that would thrill me to no end. But I'm not kind of putting all my eggs in that one basket. I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to recruit uh, younger technicians. We, we work really closely with four of the, the local, um, you know, in, in an area of the community colleges and, and uh, trade schools. And so we have recently hired a couple of graduates from um, the uh, HVAC course at one of our local uh, community colleges and uh, one happens to be a lady. So I'm super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying my best to really bring in younger uh, technicians and, and really get them interested in the industry and in the business. And so whether I eventually sell the business at some point in the future or continue it on with my kids or maybe Joshua's kids or, or whatnot, I would love that. But uh, in the short term, at least, I'm planning to be here for, you know, I, I, retirement kind of scares me. You know, I'm, I'm 42, but I'm the kind of person that I've got to get up and go to something every day. I just, yeah. I, I enjoy working. And yeah. um, so, so we're really trying to recruit some younger people, uh, bring in people who are interested in learning a trade and, and uh, we, we've had okay success with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I feel like, and my, my dad's the same way. My dad always said, if I lost my job, you'd see me at the gas station the next day, like ringing yeah. people up. It's just like, yeah. I, I just feel like I have to have some type of work to go to and get done. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. And, 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 and just to touch on uh, going back to the trivia with uh, Margaret Wilcox, see, that's really cool that, that that's a woman that did that. We're really as a company trying to focus on, on hiring uh, women when, when we can and, and, yeah. Um, getting them into the trades. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a huge thing. Uh, looking for minority folks uh, to apply and 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 work and and uh, we're really trying to expand that and, and really uh, open up ourselves to bring in all kinds of people to to get into this awesome trade. Yeah, there's a uh, there's an organization out there. I think it's like Women of HVAC or something yeah. of that yeah. line. And yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's, that's a really cool organization, and I, I feel like there has been a big push for that lately. Um, in the past five to 10 years uh, to really for just for more women in general to get into the trades, um, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yep. But yeah, in that article, um, it was actually saying that she patented the uh, like the car heating thing. But since like, you know, back then it wasn't like 
necessarily in society allowed for for women to do that type of work. Right. Um, she patented it under her husband's name, so he got oh. the credit for it. How about and, that? Yeah, that, that's just, it's a pretty neat story. So I, I definitely encourage you to go check that out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, guys, this has been an awesome conversation. I don't want to keep rambling forever, even though I could probably talk for two hours. Yeah, um, we get talking to each other, man. We get we get going. I, I hear you on that. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, um, thank you guys again for joining me on the show. Um, what's a good way for our listeners out there to uh, get in touch with you guys or learn more about your business? Yeah. Well, we're, you can go to our website. It's mountaineerheatcool.com. And then our social media handle, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook is Mountaineer Heating and Cooling. Awesome. Um, and then you could always give us a call, our number and contact information is on the website. Yeah, we would love to chat with anybody. And if we can be of any help to anyone, we're always here. So, Eric, thanks so much for having us on. This has been great. Yeah, no, thank you. This is this has been a great episode. Uh, it's been a, an awesome conversation. And I, um, I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Yeah, let's uh, do it. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you very much, Eric. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. All right.